Welcome back to a new season of the Burning Leaf Podcast. Uh, new intro song, new season, same old guys. Russo, Tom, and myself are here with you for season four of the Burning Leaf Podcast into the Calgary Flames and Toronto Maple Leafs start to the season. This is going to be our season preview episode for both those NHL teams. Uh, we're going to be doing kind of the same thing we did last year with just me and Russo on the podcast where we guessed team MVP, biggest disappointment of the team, most overused player. And kind of maybe predicting sort of the lineups we're going to see going into game one and maybe for the rest of the season. But uh, I'll get to Russo first. Russo, how's it going? You've been watching a, quite a bit of preseason hockey, no? Not really. I, <laughs> I started off watching a lot, and then I'm not going to lie, I've watched maybe one Flame game. They played last night, and I fell asleep at like 9.30, so like I didn't watch any of it. But like Big defenseman I, scored in that one. Tanev scored. Stone scored. Hannafin scored. Hannaf- uh, no, I think it was tipped by Coleman. I, th- I saw the highlights. I'm pretty sure Coleman got it. Uh, I forgot who else scored. Someone else scored too. But uh, honestly, I couldn't care less about preseason. I really couldn't. Like, I saw Nashville is in Switzerland, and I was yeah. like, I just didn't know about that. <laughs> and they were playing SC Burn, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that was happening. Okay, but did you see, like, the player announcements before? No. The coolest thing. Look it up. You have to look it up. It was a throw when you see Nidra, right? right? Yeah. yeah, and then um, I want to say that that's Yossi's home team. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So uh, when they announced him, like the announcer did Roman, and then everybody else yelled Yossi. Yeah, it's like soccer, yeah. It was so cool, so cool. They need to do more of that. And there's another game today, actually. And, and then I'm pretty sure there's like games in Finland this year. Like I'm pretty sure Columbus is going. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, anyway. There's one in Prague like today, that. but yeah, but like later, like the actual regular season games, like they're going like like Finland and they're playing. Remember, I think it was Winnipeg and Florida the last time that happened. Yes, because Line yeah. A Barkov. Yes. Anyway, um, yeah, I haven't been watching much preseason though, um, to put it straight. So we'll get into this here. We'll start with you guys. We'll start with the Leafs because I think there's kind of been a lot to unpack uh, <laughs> during camp and during the preseason. Rasmus Sandin finally signs, um, and you guys have a shitload of defensemen that got injured. <laughs> yeah, um, Rasmus Sandin comes in in the middle of camp, signs a two-year, $1.4 million deal, uh, which is pretty good, I, I think, in my opinion, for Rasmus Sandin. I mean, the holdout was getting – it wasn't getting to Mitch Marner territory or William Nylander territory, obviously, because Nylander went the full distance. But Rasmus Sandin was one of those guys where, like, what do you have to say in your argument that you deserve more than what you've gotten? Right. So uh, what he got was pretty good. And then going into camp, there's a, like, like you said, Russo, there's a lot of like storylines that could be told uh, throughout the season and through the start of the year with Nick Robertson, Matt Murray, Ilya Samsonov, the defenseman, like there is a lot of storylines going on with the Leafs. Uh, Tom, I want to go to you. What do you think is the most intriguing storyline heading into the season? Oh, Man, like you said, there's a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Like, we still don't know who the goalie is. Still don't know if either goalie is going to be good. <laughs> it looks like that they'll be good enough. Um, But, like, if you look at this team, it's so revamped from last year. Like, the bottom six, even, like, outside of the core four, plus, like, Kerfoot and Bunting, like, which I guess would be the bottom six. Uh is so revamped like 
Kubel, Morgan might make the team. Hell, Nick Robertson, Zach Aston, and Reese. And you have two guys, Bunting, Kampf, who need to be re-signed for next year. So you never know. Like this might be, those might be two spots where more people have to come in for next year. But that's next year's problem. You have a revamped forward core, a D core which stays intact outside of injuries. And then two brand new goalies. Nobody on this team has ever played before or played with before. So it's kind of just a, like, we know the storyline of what the season means. We know if the Leafs lost to basically anybody else besides Tampa Bay, Dubas isn't the GM right now. It's somebody else. And this is the last year. He's up, correct? Yeah. So they could just not re-sign him. And if you've listened to 32 Thoughts, uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick said, if before he leaves the MLSE building, he has another NHL GM job. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. And I wouldn't be surprised because objectively, there's been things, sure, you can get mad at him for. He's done a really good job. And this year is the all in year i'm dying with my guys if i go down if not we win with my guys right exactly. not just how i see it um yeah there's there's a lot of room for players to make it out of camp and like you talked about the bottom six i think the bottom six is where i had a frustration problem last year in the playoffs where they weren't doing a lot of scoring and uh i know it's preseason and i'm not judging preseason at all to go to the regular season but Imagine if these guys weren't scoring in the preseason, what the storyline would be going into the actual season of these guys aren't scoring these. Well, why, what happened with this Dennis Mulligan guy is Zach Astris a, a key player. And then the, the guy who's been the most pinnacle forward on the team, I think throughout the preseason is Nick Robertson, which is getting the talk of the town uh, for weeks now. And even for years now, right. He was making the team. I think I believe in the cut short season with the 52 game season, he made the team and then he got injured in Ottawa. And then that kind of derailed that whole year for him. Um, he has, he had six points, I believe in three preseason games, this preseason. And like, what if it was the other way? What if he didn't have any points in three games? Like what would people be saying? And now it's well, sort of like, okay, like, you know, hopefully this guy could be in the top six, right? Like you could see the confidence in him. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it was the, one of the goals they played in the Belleville game. Yeah. It was his first of the preseason, I think. And you could just see the relief on him and the confidence boost that he got from that one goal. And since then, he's been kind of what everybody expected. And it seems to just be like a confidence thing. Don't. And because of that, like, don't send him back down to the minors. Don't just shatter all of that. Yeah. I think, I think he's finally got to make it this year. Mm-hmm. And you got to put a try and put him in the lineup, right? And because we've seen he's not a fourth line player, he's not no. going to do that. Third, maybe I don't know, but no, I think he's right on that slot with Tavares and Elander. So we'll see where that ends up, and then that would just make the bottom six so deadly. If mm-hmm. you add in Kerfoot, Yarncroke, Kampf as a line, that could be, yeah. One one thing I will say, uh, I love the addition of Cali Yarncroak. I think he's going to be fantastic and longest tenured Leaf. <laughs> or will be the longest tenured, depending on, you know, 
There's some yeah. contracts that will get done, but yeah, four years, no leaf besides Morgan Riley assigned beyond four years. I think that's wild. Yep. Former Calgary Flame Russo as yeah, like to say. I wouldn't get your hopes too high for the boy <laughs> boy Cali because he's just not gonna score. No, I'm joking. He'll, he's he's better than what he was the flame. Yeah, he's like he was always like a like a 13 to 15 goal scorer. Like, and then of course the minute he arrived in Calgary, nope, I'm not gonna score until the last game of the season. Thanks, Kelly, yeah. for doing nothing. I had no, this... he was good defensively. I, I can't even like he was good defensively. That seems Sutter, to be like the Sutter, loose... Sutter trusted him in a lot of different situations, and he just didn't score. I think that's kind of what left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths that he didn't score. Yeah, than he should have. I think the Leafs' bottom six is no goals for, no goals against, kind of. Yeah, pretty much. Going, that's not, just... I'm not a fan of that. Like. Yeah, like that Tom, was the like, problem last on, year. Yeah, like, but Thomas, going on your point, it's like, if God forbid one of your big boys gets injured, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, Marner, Tavares is already injured. Yes. If you get more than one or two injuries, like you're kind of fucked because you know that bottom six, they're not going to be able to score to save their lives. And then, like, what do you have up top? Like, you're, you you got to hope Marner or Nylander or Tavares take over, say Matthews goes down or, like, whatever, whoever it is. I think it's, some of the guys, like, maybe get a breakout from Robertson. Yaron Kroke, you're hoping, like, regresses back to the mean of, you know, maybe he puts in 13 to 15. Kerfoot, we'll see. But I think like, he gets I too think, much hate for what he actually does. Yeah, he's yeah. versatile. Yeah, I, like, I, I see – people hype him way up like oh he's one of those versatile players in the league no, no. but then there's like the people that are super low on him like ah oh, this guy sucks like no he's probably right in the middle he's like a good middle six player he's not going to shoot the lights out but he's also not going to harm your team in any way if that makes sense i mean if you yeah. backtrack to the turnover game six last year sure but. yeah <laughs> to me like he's a better Derek ryan like when Derek Ryan was in his prime, like nothing yeah. bad happened when he was on the ice. Ah, oh, fuck! I love Derek Ryan. I miss Derek Ryan. Yeah, nothing bad happens, and the goods are happen occasionally. Mm-hmm. They're not few and far between. They're not all the time. They're just they're there. They happen. Yeah, well, he's going to be playing second line center to start the year, I believe. So with Tavares out, Ooh, and Kerfoot. Yeah, Is Tavares Ooh. not opening day. No, Tavares is two to three weeks. Right. He might be there. Might be, but I wouldn't rush a guy up, like but that no. into lineup. So, I, I mean, if we could go through a quick lineup, I, just on the top of my head, it would be probably Bunting, Matthews, Martin on the top line to start the year. Um, Bunting better I, do good. I got him in fantasy. Yeah, and then I'd probably say Nick <laughs> Robertson on the wing, Kerfoot and Nylander as your second line. Because Nick Robertson, like, let's be honest, guys, like he's probably proved it in preseason making the team. he deserved it. Yeah, he's making the team. And then the third line, like you said to Tom, it could be Camp. Uh, Yarn Crook and then Nicholas Abe Kubel or Zach Aston Reese in that third line. And then your fourth line has like Adam Gaudet, um, other guys like that. Because we have injuries, right? We have Simmons injury, we have Angball injured, we have Tavares injured. Like it's pretty about the like, goat Denny Mulligan. Yeah, Denny Mulligan. Yeah. You say this depth though, or like you say this lineup out. And uh you said like the third line of Yarn Crook, Conf, Kubel, or Reese. And then Aston Reese is on the fourth line with like a Dennis Mulligan. And then 
daily faceoff has Pontus Holmberg as the center, <laughs> although I think that's a I think that's gonna be like an Adam Gunnett yeah. kind of thing. Um with missing two forwards, like there's depth there. Yeah, there is. Or three forwards. It's not terrible, but you're missing three forwards. I don't depth in terms of guys that can hold their own at NHL mm-hmm. level, but they're not gonna push you over the top by any means. Like it's like you got a guy like Aston Reese is basically forward be contributing. Yeah, no, to for sure. Like Aston Reese is a is a good player, but he's basically a zero in terms of offense. He's going to provide a ton defensively, yeah. um, but he's basically a zero in terms of his offense. Mulgan, we'll see. I mean, people have been hyping him up in preseason. He has four goals, like, so I don't know, man. <laughs> but you know, I I don't know. Like I think it's it's a very different team than last year you lose mikhaev and he's already injured um which i'm not hurt by no because he's probably not scoring 20 if we're being honest no maybe he'll do it in vancouver maybe if he's playing with harrison he does which is very real tom i want to make a bet with you okay uh one of our depth guys will be claimed off of waivers this year (laughs) because <laughs> we have too many they got to send people down are you it's only happening. talking forwards yeah <laughs> anybody 100 percent. because you know when the leaves put guys on waivers they all just get taken yeah <laughs> that is a running joke though you know right well it was like uh who was that fucking goalie they signed last year and then arizona took him aaron dell no 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 oh, no that um, guy they the signed out of one. finland Oh yeah, Satari Henry Satari. <laughs> yeah. No, he was like, like this dude was like awful, and for jokes, Arizona's like, "Fuck it, we'll take him." Like, <laughs> you do know this you know is a I running mean? joke among NHL GMs, right? Yeah, they're like, oh, "Whoever at least Ponte, we'll, we'll take yeah. him." Because like yeah. they had Jimmy VC claimed by Vancouver, who got Travis Boyd. Travis Boyd. Travis Boyd was claimed last year. It was Satari. No one claimed Morazic, which would have been funny. I forget what it is. The Leafs are double in terms of waiver claims. They have like 11 or 12 claims than the next closest team. Yeah. Like like the Flames. 14 to like like six. Yeah. Like the the Flames claimed uh, some dude from Pittsburgh yesterday. And like someone put out, like, is this the Flames' first waiver claim since like 2018? And I think it was. I think the last time they took someone off waivers was like, I think it was Chris Stewart in like 2018. It's the only one I can remember. Yeah, and now is big time for waivers because there's mm-hmm. a, there's names yeah that go through. So oh, I don't know. We'll see. You want to make see. that bet? I will. Yeah. <laughs> so I have someone who will you... be claimed. No, I have someone who will be claimed. Oh, but I think somebody's gonna be claimed. So we'll both go on the same side then, okay. Okay. <laughs> and then we owe Russo whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Hughes jersey 2.0. <laughs> Screw that, man. Yeah, but no, uh, yeah, that's Jersey on that. that yeah, that, that's most that. likely going to be the four group going into the to the season. Uh, the defense is probably Riley Brody, um, Sandine. Trying to think of names because there's so many people injured. Giordano. Sandine, Giordano. Oh, he's going to be a workhorse this year for sure. I don't know. <laughs> he's making 800K, but he's still going to have to put his heart and soul on the ice. Too. Yeah, but nothing's – but that's, that's, that's just Gio. I know, but he's old. I just get worried, you know. Hey, He's you know 800k what? for a top four defenseman yeah. that will play hey. like. But but you six. know what? Man. When he was on the Flames, every year we'd say this is it. This is the downfall. This is the year he falls off a cliff. Sort and of then he won the something. fucking Norris. 
And then Watch. he was still really, really good. It's going to be this year, year because, of year. course, it's going to be. <laughs> this is how Leafs no, G- work. The thing with Gio is he's always kept himself in such great shape. Like, did he win the fitness testing? Do they do the Leafs put out those results? Because Gio used to win every single year. He might have tweeted it this year, but I forgot. Oh, I don't. They, he used to win every year, like 35, know. 36. He was just always winning. The, I think for us, it was Rich Clune. <laughs> of course it yes. was. Yes. Rich Clune always wins. Yeah. But he's retired now. Yes. I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm actually interested to see, like, Giordano Lilligren. Yeah. They were dynamite last year. And I hope they keep that together when Lilligren comes back. And then Hall can fuck off. So, I forgot about him. See, they need Justin Hall right now with all the injuries. Yeah. They kind of I mean, need like, him. The Leafs, no team has like a perfect season in terms of injuries. and Unless you're the Calgary Flames of 2021-2022. Yeah. They had like no injuries all year. It was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. So like, I mean... Having Hall, Lilligren, or Sandine as the seventh defenseman, I am perfectly okay with. Having forward depth that's NHL caliber throughout the top 15, I am perfectly okay with. There's depth here. I don't like this team's already hurt. And I look at it on paper and go, you know what? That's not, that's not too bad. Not too bad. All right. The month of October won't make or break your year. No. We've seen no. that with teams in the past. Well, right? for Toronto Media, it might. <laughs> it might, but they had a bad October last year. Weren't they like under 500 yeah. at the end Remember of Remember that game in Chicago if they, they pulled the comeback against Chicago? Oh. That was the night of the all the Kyle Beach stuff came yes. out. Yeah. And people Which, were like, if Toronto loses this fucking game. They were losing. <laughs> Which, um, Evolving Hockey put out their least or their most uh, expected dominant win of the season. So they'd calculate every single game and figure out like, what is the most equal game and what is the most lopsided expected game? It is Toronto, Chicago, early in the season, I think. Uh, Chicago traveling on a back to back. The Leafs had like two oh. days off rest. Uh, and with the like tier caliber that the teams are. So it's such a discrepancy. And bet your life on the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, I'm like, you know, Chicago's winning that game. And right? it's Peter Mrazek. Oh yeah, dude, he's getting he's getting a shutout. Just be prepared for Peter Morazic like forty seven save shutout. Yes, you know yes. what's happening. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'm so happy hockey's gonna be back soon. All right, man. So this week, man. You want to take it away? Um, I guess yeah. Um, last year at this time, I was so down <laughs> on the Calgary Flames. Uh, I didn't expect much of them. I expected uh, them to just be garbage and and Johnny Gaudreau would walk and he ultimately ended up doing that and um, ended up being a more fun year than I think all of us would have anticipated. I went into the year with like zero expectation. And I think that's what made last year a lot more fun is that you go into a year, you have zero expectation, and then they win 50 games. And then they win around in the playoffs. And then they get smacked in the face by their division rival. Um, this year, it's a completely different story. Um, we've had the offseason from hell that turned into one of the greatest offseasons of all time. Um, we've talked about way too much. So before you go on here, quick answer. Yeah. Are the Calgary Flames to... Day, 
throughout that offseason better than they were after or right before Goudreau left and everything happened. I will get to that because I was going okay. okay. to get to that. Okay. Um, so obviously Huberto, Kadri, Weger, those are the big additions coming in. Uh, obviously the notable guys that are left are obviously Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Goudreau. Sean Monaghan's gone. Very, very sad. Uh, Eric Branson is gone. That doesn't really matter. Um, going into the year, I think there's obviously a ton of expectation and there's a ton of expectation to win right now. Obviously, we've talked about the contract situation and how a lot of the group's core is up in two years, whether you're talking about Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund, Chris Tanev, Noah Hannafin. Um, there was someone else. Uh, uh, Tyler Toffoli, like a bunch of guys are up in two years. If they're going to get this done, they need to do it now. Do they have the group to do it? I think potentially. I, I, I think that they, I think they can get it done. Um, what are the question marks going into the year? I think it's the same old story as forward depth. And I think they are a little bit deeper this year, definitely down the middle. Uh, it's the best center group that they've had in decades between Lindholm, Kadri, and Backlund. Um, I think that can that's a real if you're going up against a playoff series and that's the forward, that's the center group you have to go up against, assuming they're all healthy. I mean, there's not many teams in in my opinion that can match that. You know, especially we, like, like one through three. Exactly. Like, like teams like have one, when, two. Uh, yeah. The and three and is... that's something uh, Matt and I talked about couple weeks back was you know you obviously have your torontos you have your edmontons you have your pittsburghs that you obviously got those matthews Tavares, connor uh, mcdavid dry saddle crosby malkin you go down the list do those teams really have a better number three than say michael backland i don't know i wouldn't like okay maybe edmonton because they got nuge i always fucking forget that they have nuge but he ends up playing the wings sometimes and that doesn't always stay you know, Toronto is David Camp really better than Backlund? I don't think so. Is I don't even know who Pittsburgh's third line center is. Like just putting out teams, I, I just off the top of my head. But I think the center group is the best it's ever been. The winger depth, I mean, they're gonna need a real big year from Toffoli. I think he needs to have a much better year than he had after his first 10 to 15 games with the Flames. He wasn't very good after that. Like, we'll see. I think they need a big step forward from Dylan Dubé. Um, you know, Manjapani is going to be really good. Like, and can a guy like Jonathan Huberto continue to be one of the best wingers in hockey in a new system, in a new city, on a new team? With a, with a new centerman, Elias Lindholm, we'll see. I mean, and obviously the big storyline, at least going into the year, as of right now, is Mackenzie Weger and his situation in is this a contract that's going to get done like before the season starts? Um, but I think there's a lot of positivity. You know, you look around and the team looks good. I mean, you're, I think the top line is very clearly not going to be as good as it was last year. You know, you had that three headed monster of Goudreau, Lennon, and Kachuk. But what I think this team has that it didn't last year, it's, it's a lot more well-balanced. Like I said, in terms of the center depth being as good as it is, um, the defensive group is one of the best in hockey when everybody's healthy. Obviously, Shillington hasn't shown to camp yet. Apparently, he's dealing with a very serious situation at home, which I hope everything's okay there with, with Shillington. Um, 
but there's a lot I think that's that's positive. Markstrom's looked good through the preseason. Dan Vladar's looked unbelievable so far. And I got to hope they give him a little bit more rope this year because we saw what happened against Edmonton. You can't play Markstrom that much, very clearly. We know this now. And I hope Daryl Sutter learned a little bit too. As great as a coach he is, he is still a little bit of a dinosaur in that fact that, you know, he wants to play his goalie, you know, 60 to 70 times a year, which I don't think in this day and age you can do that. Um, and I, like I said, I hope Vladar gets more looks because he's looked great so far in preseason. Um, do I think they'll be better? I guess is the big question. Um, I do think there is going to be a little bit of regression in terms of the offense. Like they scored a lot of goals last year. I think they scored almost 300 goals, which is a lot. And we didn't expect this team to score as much as they did. And obviously you got, I think what over 300 points just from your top line last year. I think uh, there's definitely a little bit of due to regression, you know, we'll, Will Hubert will be 100 points this year? Can Kadri keep up his pace from last year? Can you get a better and bigger year from Manjapani? Can Lindholm be as good as he was last year? Can the guys on defense like Rasmus Anderson and even Noah Hannafin continue to be as strong as they were a year ago? And the big question is, how's Mackenzie Weger going to fit? He's a great – from the clips I've seen of him in preseason, he's looked really, really good. Um, and even Chris Tanev, can he stay – healthy and he and can can he continue to be the one of the best defensive defensemen in the league over the, that he has been over the past two years um i think those are kind of the big questions going into the year and i think a lot of them will be answered in pretty short order i mean we'll, we'll see pretty early on how guys adjust here there might be a bit of an adjusting period with this team and how they um and how they perform it's a pretty new team there's a lot of new line combinations that we we haven't seen. Um, the only thing that's really stayed the same is mostly the defense and the goaltending. A lot of the forward group has changed. So we'll see. Bradstreet Living is still in the market for a forward. Um, unfortunately, it looks like Sonny Milano just hasn't panned out the way they've wanted him to pan out. Um, he's been playing like their fourth line. And I still think they should sign him because to me, it's a no risk move. If you do like, what's he getting realistically? 900 K is it less for than PTOs, that? Is it, um, isn't there a maximum? No, you can, you can get whatever they want. Remember Mike Hoffman went in on a PTO about four and a half million. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You, you can get whatever they want. And to me, like what's Milano really going to get? Is anyone actually going to offer more than what he got last year, which is 1.7? No. I don't even think there's a team offering him north of one because mm -hmm. if that's so, he would have signed there already. To me, if you sign him at 900K, 800K, 750,000, there's no risk. If he doesn't pan out, you put him on waivers. If someone claims him, great. If not, you send him to the AHL and you bury that deal. Right? To me, I still think they should sign him. He's a very skilled player. I think he can move up and down the line. It would be great. It would be great if they signed him. I really do think it would it would be beneficial to their team. And he hasn't gotten a chance in a preseason game to play with any good players. He hasn't played with Kadri. He hasn't played with Manjapani. He hasn't played with Huberto. He hasn't played with Toffoli. He hasn't played with Lindholm. He's been kind of buried with guys like Cody Eakin and Adam Rizichka and, and guys like that. He's just been kind of buried. So I, I really hope they give him a, a chance here. Um, but to Tom, to answer your question, 
Will they be better? I think they will be. I think they're more balanced. I think it's another year under Sutter. I think guys are a year older. I think guys are, some of them are going to be a, a step better than they were. Um, I think they're more built for playoffs than they were last season. And we, we yeah. talked about it last year. There were a lot of, they were really, they were a one line team for a lot of the season. And then what happens if you shut that first line down? You were, you shut down the flames, right? And that line was, often very, very, very difficult to shut down. But if they did, like Edmonton did, it was an easy five and out, especially when he had Markstrom playing the way he was. Um, I think there's a lot more balance. There's a lot more depth. I think the addition of Kadri is going to be bigger than any of us originally thought it might. I still think there's people like, oh, like we know how big of an addition Kadri is going to be. But I think he's going to add so much just on his own Um that like we haven't had a legitimate two C, you know, in years, right? As as great as Michael Backlund has been and as great a role he's played, Kadri is legit a guy that you can throw as your two C and he's gonna and he's gonna do well. I, I personally think. Yes, Tom. Like just knowing Kadri and like what he did to the Leafs and what he did in the Avalanche, he's just gonna make everybody around him better. He's gonna push everybody yep. else down. And then that yeah. like you said, like the playoff readiness of the team. It's just going to make it so much easier to go into a playoff series with that extra depth. Yeah, and for sure. Whether he repeats however many points he had this year, I forget. It was close to a point per game, right? He had 87 in, I think, I think he was point per game because he, oh, he was definitely point per game because he had 87. Yes. You don't play 87 games in a year. Yes. <laughs> uh, and he, I don't expect him to repeat that. No, but I don't think he'll be exactly what he was like the first few years in Colorado and like what he was with the Leafs. He's a little bit in between 60 yeah. to 70 to C. Yeah, that's exactly, what, down. that's exactly what Thomas and I were talking about Saturday night was if he's 60 to 70, that's worth that 7 million per year, especially if he's going to be a pain in the ass on the other end, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I'll wholeheartedly so agree with you. They're, they're a much better team than last year. Yeah, I think they're more balanced and like they're a little bit older. Like, obviously, like they like Chuck and Gaudreau are massive losses, but like when you replace them with guys like Huberto and and obviously Uyghur and, and Kadri, it, it it minus the pool a little bit. But and to like, hey man, Kachuk, if you didn't want to be here, get out. Exa- it, that's, what I, that's what I that's what I kind of that's what I said Saturday night. It was like I was like ah like if he doesn't want to be here, like go like we have a guy who just played his entire career in Florida and then committed to the Flames for nine seasons. He, Huberto wants to be here. And I think, like, it, what's the comparison between Flames fans to, to Huberto is he's a bigger Johnny Gaudreau, which I think is pretty fair. It, it, exactly. I think they do a lot of similar things. And I still think – I know Huberto's 28 or 29, but, like, Gaudreau just had the year of his life – in his first full year under Sutter. What can Sutter do with Jonathan Huberto? That's what I'm probably most intrigued about here. Is we saw him unlock something with Gaudreau, something with Kachuk. I think he can do the same with, you know, Huberto and Kadri. And Mackenzie Weger, man, like. That's one hell of a I'm ass. so excited for, for Weger, man. I'm pumped. I really hope they get that deal done. But yeah, like in terms of the lineup, I think uh, 
the like I still don't know because like we're waiting on like Milano and guys like that. But let's assume they sign Sonny Milano. This is what I would like to see. Your first line, here we go, Lindholm, Manjapati. That's what I would like to see. Um, your second line, Milano, Kadri, Toffoli. And then you go Backlund, sorry, Coleman, Backlund, Dubé. And then your fourth line is going to suck either way. You got Lucic, either Lu, either Rooney or Razichka. It's probably going to be Rooney. Um, and then you're looking at either Lewis or Brett Ritchie. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, it's a fourth line. It is what it is. <laughs> and you know what? You could upgrade really cheap at the deadline. You can. And you know what? They, they basically had that fourth line all through last year, and they yeah. won the division. So, I mean – um, the thing about the fourth line is like they know their jobs, they're not trying to do anything more, which I mean, that's all you can all ask. I- I'd rather have like a younger, not even younger, just guys that are better players. Like, they're be- the best fourth line the Flames have had in recent memory was Manjapani, Derek Ryan, and Garnet Hathaway. And they just because they all they were strong two way players and they they drove play. Just I wish they would kind of go back to that, but it is what it is. The, the defense, um, assu- like. I don't think Shellington's going to be there to start the year, so I won't include him. So I'd imagine they're going to start Uyghur, Tanev, Hannafin Anderson, Zadorov, and Michael Stone's getting signed. So Mike Stone, I'll, I'll throw on the third pair. Either him or Nick Malosh, I think it'll be. And then once Shellington gets in, he'll probably be paired up with Zadorov. Um, and then the goalies, it's, it's Markstrom and Vodar. Um, I don't think it's any argument there. If they don't sign Milano, I think the first line, the first line is probably going to start as Huberto, Lindholm, Toffoli. And then I think it's going to be Dubé, Kadri, Manjapani. And then the third line they had yesterday was Rooney, Backlund, and Goldman. Uh, they might sign Cody. Like no, neither do I. I like Backlund, Coleman. They don't like Rooney. Um, and I think, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Cody Eakin. Like, I don't think they should sign him. It's just like they have so many players that are exactly like him where they're just not that good. <laughs> Cody Eakin uh, was the we need an old guy to fill out the minimum veteran spot. Yeah, they have Milan Lucic and Trevor Lewis for that. No, but like for preseason. For preseason. Yeah, but he is playing over Milano right now, which kind of scares me. E- yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I I just hope they sign Milano. I really, really do. But anyway. What are you gonna do? Well, well, like I don't know what the lineup's gonna be. Daryl Sutter is always experimenting. We won't know until the first game of the year. We won't know until uh, is it next week? Is it finally next week, or is it two yeah, weeks? Yeah, I don't know when they kick off. Um, it is. Yeah, it's the Flames have their first game on uh, Thursday, Thursday, October thirteenth. So we won't know until about a week what's going on, but it'll uh, it'll be good. And they they play Colorado, so let's hey guys, it's. Let's finally break that. Uh, you know they haven't won a whole like a, a a season opener since like 2008 or some shit. That's it's yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Bad. It's been a while since they've won a season opener. So hopefully this is the year, guys. Beat Colorado with Nazem Kadri. And you know what? There's a playoffs or MLB playoffs that start on Friday, and if the Jays win. That goes into next week. Not a hope in hell I'm watching the season opener. I'm excited, be a I'm excited for that too. Game. Home op- they, and they got home field. We love to see it. Love to see it. Anyway, um, are we going to get into 
like our seven questions of the season. Yep. Sure. So last year we did, um, it was just Thomas and I. So we did uh, who's going to be the team's MVP, leading scorer, leading point scorer. So I was going to lead goal, leading goal scorer, leading point scorer. Most overused, most underused, um, biggest surprise and biggest disappointment. Um, so we'll start We'll start with the MVP. Who is going to be the least MVP this year in your guys' opinion? Thomas, there's one answer here, right? Matt Murray. Oh. No. Matthews. League MVP, team MVP. Yeah, I'm probably going to piggyback on that. It's a pretty safe bet, I'd, I'd say, on uh, Austin Matthews being the team MVP. That's barring any injuries, right? Because he's been pretty healthy recently. I mean, there's some day-to-day stuff here with Matthews, but like he's been pretty much, you know, 100%. And then, like, well, a few years ago, this was... A... with a bummed-up wrist. So. Yeah, and remember a few years ago, like, Matthews was good, but Freddie Anderson was, like, way better. And Freddie Anderson was the team MVP that year. So, yep. I don't know, yeah. your boy Matt Murray, Murray, man. I don't know. Elias Samsonov might have something to say about <laughs> that. For me, this question in the past was always so easy to answer because it was always very clearly Johnny Goudreau. Yeah, you don't have one this year. No. Like, not an easy answer. No. Um, so I'm torn between a couple guys. Like I think Markstrom is going to be really good again. Um, Huberto is obviously someone you could throw in there, but I'm going to, I'm going to put kind of a dark horse guy. I think this guy's going to be really, really good. He's a newcomer. And I think under Sutter, he's going to take his game to another level. Uh, Mackenzie Weger. I think he's, I think he's going to have the best year of his career so far. Like I just, I think under Sutter, I think him getting the reins as the number one, I, I just I think he's in for a really big year. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for Mackenzie Weger, and I think he's going to be one of the biggest parts of this team. He's definitely going to be the biggest part of the back end. Um, so I'll, I'll go with Weger. Huberto's right there with him because I think Huberto's going to have a big year too. Uh, but I'll, I'll go with Weger. I just – I'm very stoked to watch him play. So um, next, leading goal scorer. I think this one's self-explanatory for you guys. <laughs> it's obviously Michael, Michael Bunting, Bunting, man. It's obviously Michael yeah, Bunting. Michael Bunting. No, Austin I'm Matthews. Piggyback on my first answer, Matt Murray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like so, guys, we know this answer. He not he'll not only score the most goals in the league, he'll probably score the most goals in the league, barring any injuries. Mm, yeah, more than likely, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh for myself, I am going to go Flo. back. What does she have and, to say? Yeah, about this? Flo, Flo's up there screaming uh, for uh, for uh, Andrew Manjapani. Um, <laughs> I'm going to – that's actually not a bad pick. That's not bad um, all, no. no. I'm going to stick with Elias Lindholm. I picked him last year, and he was tied for the most with Matthew Kachuk. Um, I think playing with Huberto, I think, um, I think he's going to be in for another big year. I don't know if it's going to be 40. It might be high 30s. Um, but I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Lindholm. I'll go with Elias Lindholm and uh, as number one goal scorer, he's got the best shot on the team. Um, so I'll I'll go with Lindholm. Um, next one up, um, most points. Most points. Most points. Thomas. Yes. I think we can debate this one a little bit. What's your answer? I was going to go with my last year's pick, Mitch Marner, just because, you know, if he stays healthy, uh, he's probably the leading point scorer in the Maple Leafs. But 
there's another guy. Obviously, we picked him already twice already. I don't want to pick him a third time because I think, you know, Marner should probably lead the team in points. But who's your pick? Damn, okay. I thought we were going to have to debate that a little bit. I was just going to go right back with Mitch Marner being uh, being the pick for that. I mean, like you said, he could have should have led the team last year. And, hell, you know what? Maybe Matthews doesn't put up 104 to 106 or whatever it was. Right. So. We'll say Mitch Marner, leading point scorer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're pretty unanimous on this so far. <laughs> Russo, who do you say? Um, I'm going to go with Jonathan Huberto. I think he's he's been one of the most prolific point scorers in the league over the past four to five years, and I don't think that's going to change. I mean, people keep saying, oh, but it was Barkov, Barkov. He didn't play with Barkov last year, and he scored 115. So I don't want to hear it. Uh, and he's better line um, this year. Yeah, Elias Lindholm is much better than Sam Bennett. So um, I'm going to go with Jonathan Huberto. He's going to get every chance in the world to put up points. He's going to be on first power play, first line. You know, he's he's going to be out there in every situation to score. So I'll, I'll go with uh, the new Johnny Hockey, new Jonathan Hockey, uh, Jonathan Huberto. Um, so that leads us into biggest surprise. Biggest surprise. Who is going to be the Leafs' biggest surprise? I, Thomas, I want to say you said last year Michael Bunting. Or I forget who you said. Yeah. Or you might have said Kasha. It was one of yeah, the two. Yeah, I might have but... said Kasha. Yeah. Which is a pretty big surprise. Not as big as Michael Bunting. but He was good considering yeah. uh, injuries. Ooh. He was pretty good. It's hard to pick a player for this specifically. I'm going to go Ilya Samsonov. Ooh. That's a good one. In the offseason, I said Samsonov would probably be ending up being the Leafs' number one goalie the, near the end of the year. But uh, my biggest surprise, I'm probably going to go with Nick Robertson. I'll ride his train right now. Nick Robertson, biggest surprise. Go. He stays healthy. He's in the top six, playing on that wing. Even in the third line role, he scores 15 to like 18, 20 goals. Like, I think that's a pretty big surprise, considering all the smack that was talked about him in the offseason and leading into the season. Yeah, that's all you need from him is like 20 goals, and I think that's a pretty safe lock for that. Man, the like you said, with Samsonov taking over, I'm not too confident he will anymore. Matt Murray's been that good in the preseason, but I'm sticking with that answer. If Samsonov takes over, I'm claiming this one as a victory. Uh, for myself, this one's a little difficult because a lot of the Flames players are pretty established. They don't have any kind of guys that have yet to break out on their lineup, if that makes any sense. But for if me, Lucic I'm puts a... up 40 points. Are you surprised? <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, no, but I think for me, I'm kind of leaning with two guys, but I don't know if the other guy is going to get a lot of playing time. So um, biggest surprise, I think we're all waiting. We've been waiting for this guy to break out. And I think this is finally going to be the year. He had a really strong end to the year last year. I'm going to go with Dylan Dubé. Um, I think he had a really good end to the year last year. He went on a, a torrid streak. I think this year he's finally going to be playing with one of Lindholm, Backlund, or Kadri. It looks like at least a start there might be Kadri. Um, so it's going to be the best center he's ever played with, and it's probably going to be the best winger he's ever played with in uh, Manjapani. So um, I'll go with Dylan Dubé. I think he's. I think you know if he can get twenty this year, I'd be pretty pumped. Uh, so I'll I'll go with Dylan Dubé on my biggest surprise. Now biggest disappointment. Who's the player on our teams that's going to disappoint the most 
after maybe some hype in the off season or just a guy that might fall off a cliff. Thomas, do you have an answer? I don't. I'm trying to think of one. Like it might not even be a player for this one. It might be like a factor, <laughs> but that doesn't make any sense. I don't even know who I'd pick as a player because it's biggest so disappointment hard. around one game seven. <laughs> Everybody. I honestly was kind of go going to go with like Sheldon Keefe and his coaching staff. Like they're they're probably gonna be the biggest disappointment for the Leafs. Like, Whoa. I'm, I might go with them, but I, I think we should stick to player here. <laughs> yeah, to make it a little Keith easier. Keith is the like the second highest betting odds for being fired, which I find very hard to believe. I, yeah, he's not firing. Really? It's not high. Yeah, Dubas is not yeah. firing his guy. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's a lot of other guys that like like I'm, that should be on the hot seat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there should be a lot more guys. Uh. I'm going to go biggest disappointment, Jake Muzzin. Ooh, okay. I was torn between Riley just because living up to the new contract, but I think I that's... I forgot that kicks in this year. It, like, dude, the amount of money he gets paid compared to like every other defenseman of that oh, caliber. Oh, holy shit. I know. Oh, holy shit, I'm so happy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that kicks in this year. It was only like couple million bucks raised uh but no jake muzzin i think if we talk about players falling off a cliff he might be one with like the back injury specifically and they said it's something they have to manage but we'll see that's my answer jake muzzin uh, for myself i don't know i i feel like there's a couple guys that we could be talking about and last year i said chris tanev and i'm not gonna say chris tanev again uh, because he's going to be playing with Uyghur probably, and I don't think that's going to happen. Biggest disappointment. Hmm. Fuck, Uyghur is not fun. <laughs> no, like, I feel Holy bad for other teams that are going to have to go, go through that. Biggest disappointment. Not that I think he's going to be bad. I just don't think he's going to be as good as last year, and I think that's Noah Hannafin. He had, he, he had 49 points last year. And he was super, super strong all season long. I just don't know if he's going to replicate it. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I think he'll be fine. I just don't think he's going to be the, the, the level he was last year. If that yeah. makes any sense. He was like him and Anderson were insanely strong a year ago. And I just, I don't know. Again, everything went right for those two, right? Like, like a lot of the flames last year, everything went right for those two guys in particular. Like, I want to say him, like, maybe Toffoli, but, like, I don't even think Toffoli will be bad. Just, I think the age curve might hit him. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll stick with Hannafin. Like, I, again, I don't think it's gonna, he's going to be bad. I just, I just don't think he's going to be as strong as he was last year, which they don't need him to be because now Uyghur's there, which helps, but... Maybe Hannafin, maybe Markstrom. Like maybe like people are still expecting Markstrom to be Vesna. I don't know. I think it's tough because, like I said, I, maybe there's a yeah. guy waiting to fall off a cliff, and we just don't know who it is or when it's going to be. Right? Like they've got some older-ish players, but they don't have anyone that's like fighting against time. Right? It's like, not like when we had Geo. It's not like when we had Geo here, and it's like every year, it's like okay, is this going to be year? Is this going to be the year? It's like. There's everyone's kind of early, you know, late twenties, early thirties, 
He, yeah, like, I, I could see like a backlin when you talk yeah. about the age curve, but like Kadri yeah. pushes up down gives him a reduced roll. Yeah, and like wear, the thing so. is, like you say backlin, it's like we've been saying that for years. Like it's yeah. just like your backlin falls off a cliff and he just he just continues to be himself for every year. So maybe potentially backlin too. Uh, but again, like him being pushed down to the three C, I think is going to help his age curve a little bit. So, Thomas, I hate I hate to say Hannafin, but maybe biggest disappointment. Oof. You had time to think about this. Whoever is on the third line of the Toronto Maple Leafs could be the biggest disappointment. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Like I, I don't know who would be on their third line because they're not really getting matchups and lines yet. But like the boy, boy Cali, man. <laughs> <laughs> or or Kerfoot. I'm gonna say Kerfoot. I'll just say Kerfoot. You know, Thomas, like he's gonna be play. he's gonna be put in so many roles where like you don't know where he's gonna be in the lineup. We're just gonna be Fair disappointing enough. if he doesn't shine in a certain role and is good or bad or another. Like it's he's gonna be played a lot too. Thomas, you know who I thought you were gonna say? Who? Because it's the guy you picked last year to be like MVP leading. Tavares. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Tavares for a minute. <laughs> No, I can't go two years in a row on bad on that guy though. No, I'm gonna say disappointment, but yeah, I know I can't I can't I can't be disappointed at him twice and now. <laughs> yeah. So um moving on. Um we'll say this one, it's not necessarily in a bad way, but who do you think is a player that's gonna be overused either in their role or just plain overused? I don't mind for sure. I have the only correct answer. It's Mitch Marner. Because he's playing defense now. Because he's playing defense. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't disagree with that. Quite honestly. Like, depends. He's been a decent, uh, like, not necessarily like selkie caliber player, but he's been a really good defensive player all around. Throw him on defense when you need a goal and you're down. And I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago with like McCarr and McKinnon, the way that the Avalanche play, where it's lesser uh, positional and it's more just here's your best guys. And if the Leafs are going to go that route of, yeah, if you're down a goal, why do you have two defensive? True. You put one out on the power play because you need a goal or you should try yeah. to score a goal. And in that Marner, sense, it makes sense. Yeah, like last minute, last experience. couple minutes of the game. Yeah, but if they're planning on using him in like middle of the second period, like, hey, Mitch, go take a shift out with Mo. <laughs> yeah, Muzzy's not doing it for us. Mitch, get back there. <laughs> they'll do something like probably a more defensive defenseman, like a Brody. Um, but he, okay, with well, go take a go take a shift with TJ, Mitch. But it'll be like certain situations, like after an icing late in a period with the other team tired and we need a goal. Okay, fair enough. It won't be all the time, but it'll be Defense specific. Don't face off. Mitch, we need a block. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also yeah. like, but didn't, wasn't it Keith said last year, he was like, we're going to yes. experiment with two forwards and 3D and that just never happened. That never happened. Do you guys remember? That? They did it yesterday though, but it's preseason. So, yeah. The Leafs are 300 IQ and Galaxy braining this. Keith and is trying to reinvent something that doesn't need to be reinvented. Yeah, sure. I agree. It'll you know what happen I mean? naturally. The Leafs are pushing it too quickly. It's happening naturally. Mm-hmm. Look I at it. Just one. It's weird. Why did you have to say it? Just do it. Yeah. 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 Like, how weird would it be? Just like middle of a game, like you have four forwards out there. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. 
that's that's, <laughs> like, that's weird <laughs> like, yeah, okay like, cool. i mean that's what the avalanche do mm-hmm. fuck it Devontae, stay back there everybody else go up <laughs> yeah like, because mccarr is basically a forward that just exactly so like replace mccarr with marner and then there you go yeah fair enough uh, Thomas, for me oh, on the leafs i'm gonna go with uh morgan riley just because I said it two years ago, like, I don't think this guy's the number one power play runner. I think it's Rasmus Sandin in the long run, but um, that's the only reason I'd probably say he's overused. Like, he, he doesn't move the puck extremely well. i just like to see another defenseman on there, and he's going to be playing, like, 28 minutes a night if these guys don't really step up oh, yeah. in any way defensively or And injuries. Yeah, exactly, and that too. So, Morgan Riley, and not a bad way, but not a great way. So, yeah, I'll say Morgan Riley. Um, for myself, unfortunately, I'm going to have the same answer as last year, and I don't see it as a good thing. Uh, Jacob Markstrom. Again, not, not saying he's bad. It's just last year, I, we kind of said he's going to play too much. And in the end, it might come back to haunt us, and he played too much last year. And then we saw he ran out of gas against Edmonton. Um, he didn't post an over a 900 save percentage in that series, and that's probably the reason why they lost. They need Dan Vladar to play more, period. They need Vladar to play at least 25 games, which I think he's capable of doing. Um, you, if you can get Markstrom down to 50 to 55 games, I think that's okay because you can't burn him out. Like I know there are some guys like Hellebuck and Vasilevsky who play a lot, and even Shosturkin played a ton last year, but I think those are guys that are kind of on a different level than Markstrom, right? Um, so I'll just say Jacob Markstrom's probably going to be overused, not a bad way. I just think Sutter's going to run him into the ground. If it's not Markstrom, maybe Tanev. There are a lot of hard miles on him. Maybe they kind of, with Uyghur here now, it's like maybe you can reduce his minutes a little bit in some situations or some games. Um, and then I think Kevin Rooney's going to be for whatever reason, use so much. And if they say Cody, you can, but those are kind of my guys. Brett Ritchie too. Brett Ritchie always plays a lot, but um, I'll stick with Markstrom. I just, again, not a bad way. I just think that um, most underused player, who's a player that you would probably want your team to utilize a little bit more, but may not get that opportunity. Thomas, do you, do you have one? I'm thinking of probably, probably the guy who's, the second most newsworthy guy of the off season and uh, going into the season, Rasmus Sandin. He's like, it's just, it's just the numbers on the walls, writing on the wall right now. Like for him, like I, I hope he's overused more than he's underused because um, guys, he's he's good. <laughs> um, he's a good defenseman. Uh, the reason I say underused is because like power play time. Like when the hell is he going to get that if this first unit's on there for the basically a minute and a half like what's he going to do in 30 seconds on the power play and running it um key situations i don't know who he's going to be paired with first of all it looks like he's on the last pairing if everything's healthy which i do not agree with um but yeah i'd probably say him like it's just he's been underused for this whole career now and i don't really agree with it uh, i would just yeah i was gonna say the same thing him or Lilligren. yeah but, like, I was trying to think of somebody on, like, the Leafs' fourth line they wouldn't use, and I can't really come up with something like Dennis Morgan. It'll probably be, like, a yarn crook. They probably won't use him yeah. as much as they should. But I could see, like, 
he just be an all situational guy yeah. like how they use Kerfoot. So that's why I'm saying I'm gonna like piggyback off you, Rasmus and Dean, and especially too with they have so many left-handed defensemen. Mm-hmm. Just naturally, somebody's gonna get a little bit shorter of playing time and that'll likely be Sandine and if they throw Marner on defense that takes more defensive (laughs) time away from the defense so I think it'll end up being somebody on the bottom pair of the defense whether it's Sandine, Lilligren, or Hall Uh, and because you said throughout his whole career he's kind of been underused I'm gonna go with Rasmus Sandine Russo I'm also going to go over to defenseman. I think it's going to be all over Shillington. Um, obviously, with the additions on the back end with Mackenzie Weger, when Shillington comes back, I just I don't see him playing as much as he did last year. He was damn good last year. Um, obviously, there's a lot of there is a lot of space taken up in that top four. I just think there will be situations in which there will be an opportunity to use them, like say a four on four. You don't have to use Tenev with Uyghur. You can throw Shillington. Power play. Hey, maybe you can have Shillington quarterback power play. He's pretty good offensively. Three on three. I think they've got like four really good skating transition defensemen and Shillington's one of them. I think, uh, you know, I just, I think there's an opportunity for them to kind of explore here with Shillington when he gets back. Um, And I would like to see them, use him a lot. They used him a lot last year and I was very impressed with him. And I think he does have the trust of Daryl Sutter, which you need to be trusted with Daryl Sutter. Um, So I think Shillington and we'll see, but I expect him to have another strong year. You know, we'll, we'll see who it's with in terms of his D partner, but um, I think Shillington might be a little bit underused. Um, So that kind of wraps up that part. Um, I guess just quickly before we end things here, just do you guys have anything else that we want to just get in right before we we cut it? No, there's a few more preseason games, probably a few more good looks at some of our players that, you know, want to crack that up, like Yuruso, Sonny Milano. When is that contract going to get done? When is Zach Astor's contract going to get done? Because I believe both of those guys will probably end up with a contract uh, mm-hmm. on the Calgary Flames and Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, but next week, season previews, division previews. We did it last year. I really like their episodes. And just putting out there right now, we're probably going to look like a bunch of idiots with our predictions, but it's okay. We probably. always look like idiots. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to say this season's probably going to be torture in all aspects. We'll see. Like, they have to win around, right? We know that. And... I think everybody's going to be yelling at a wall for the Leafs to do certain things, and it's yeah. just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And right. goaltending is always a... That that's a big, a big question mark. It's a big question mark, and it's always something people get very passionate about. And when it's a really big question mark, people will get passionate and angry and yes. have opinions. So. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's going to do it for this one. As always, you guys can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Burning Leaf Pod. Season 4 is here. Hockey is almost here. Uh, We'll see you guys in the next one.